welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Morning, welcome to Argyle Chat, I'm Baron Cross, this week I'm on hosting duties with Stuart James uh, absent, uh, joined by football editor Chris Arrington as always. Hi Baron, Chris it was a 1-1 draw on the, on Saturday, um, is there some light at the end of the tunnel do you think, are we turning a corner? Uh, probably a little bit too soon to say that a corner has been turned. I mean, I think we hoped after the 0-0 draw at Bury, for example, that uh, that might be yes, the, yeah. uh, a, a platform to build on. So, uh, you know, if away games against Blackburn and Wimbledon to come in, uh, in the next week, you know, it's, it's not easy fixtures around the corner for the team. Um, it was more encouraging. Um, I think if you offered a 1-1 draw to most fans before the game against the league leaders, they would have taken that. Mm. Yes, there was a bit of sense of disappointment and frustration that having got into the lead, and we've not said that very often this season, have we? That um, they couldn't hold on to it. Um, yes, I think you know some fans felt that um, Argyle didn't uh, take the game enough to Shrewsbury. I think you know we can debate that one because there's some good questions yes, being yeah. sent, and we can debate you know how likely, realistically, it is for a bottom of the table team to try and take the game to a team that's top of the table, mm-hmm. um, but. Um, there were positives, um, uh, so you know, it's one of those. You come away with it, came away with mixed emotions. Yeah, it was a good point. It was better. They scored. Graham Carey scored a really good goal. Um, but you know, at some point they're going to have to start winning games, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, before the game, you certainly would have taken a point, wouldn't yeah. we? When you, when you look at where the teams were in the table to go one 0 ahead, yeah. some people said it felt a bit like two points dropped. Yeah. Despite the fact that everybody would have yeah. taken a point to start with, wouldn't they? Yeah, you know, you're one 0 up with a quarter of an hour to go. You're at home. You're hoping that you can see the game out, and uh, you know what a lift that would have given everybody. We saw Gary Sawyer, uh, the captain, after the game. He came in and did the uh, the press interview, and um, you know, yeah, he 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 was very disappointed with the with the final result. Mm. But he did feel, you know, I think you know genuinely that you know he felt that that, that sort of set a um, set a level that they can try and uh, look to uh, to achieve because. Um, you know, Shrewsbury were top of the table. They were twenty-five points going this out of the game. They were twenty-five points ahead of Argyll, which, you know, um, you can look at that Shrewsbury team and, and say, well, you know, where's the star names? And they perhaps aren't sort no. of household names no. in that lineup, but they've recruited extremely well. And they're a little bit, you know, different to Argyll maybe that Shrewsbury carried out a lot of signings in the summer, and most of their signings seem to have worked. They've picked them up from all sorts of places that you might not not necessarily expect them to to go in and be really good and they've done really well and they've confidence in winning a few games at the start of the season and they've built on that mm. Argyle have been the, the mirror image where they made a lot of signings in the summer most of the summer signings haven't worked they've got into a rut where they haven't got results and confidence has suffered and confidence is um, very hard to gain and very easy to lose it doesn't take a lot to, to lose confidence and it's going to take a while for Argyle to build that confidence up so hopefully the draw against Shrewsbury will uh, will give them a bit of belief but you know going to Blackburn you know on Tuesday night again we can talk about that in a bit but yeah. you know that's not going to be easy no, is it? absolutely not well we've got loads and loads of questions so thank you mm. to everybody for getting in touch and we'll, we'll get straight into those now so we've got a couple of comments to start with from mm. Dave Searle and then Brian G Woodward so both of these came on Facebook so Dave Searle said Adams' substitution on Saturday bringing on Bradley for Fletcher really knocked our rhythm with 20 minutes to go inviting the league's top team onto us it reeks of panic it was the best home performance of the season in my view but left feeling robbed and then Brian Woodward said our defence was simply not good enough on the day for that tactic 
maybe with Threlk held in the team and Sawyer back on the left, it might have worked, but not with that lineup. I mean, Brian's comments fairly obvious, mm. isn't it? I mean, I think they're always yeah. going to be better with Threlk held on the right and Sawyer at left back. Yes. And Dave Searles made an interesting point there. I mean, best mm. performance of the season, felt robbed. Yeah. But he felt it was panicked. I mean, the substitution does seem to be the biggest talking point. I mean, that was the yeah. thing that everybody came back with. Yeah, and uh, we asked Eric Adams about it after the game. And the, the substitution came after Shrewsbury had responded to the goal. So the, the sequence of events was Graham Carey scores the goal. Shrewsbury had had a lot of possession up yeah. to that point, but hadn't really troubled uh, Carl Everton too much. One good save he'd made, but generally, for all the possession they had, they didn't really do a lot with mm. it. Paul Hurst responded to going goal down by making two substitutions, two attacking players, yeah. and they'd been playing a 4-1-4-1-4-5-1 and went 4-4-2. Right. So... Shrewsbury have changed their tactics quite radically so instead of just playing Stefan Payne up front with two wide players in support um, Payne has, has been joined by Leno, John and Lewis I think it was yeah. one of the, one, so they played with the two strikers so two out and out strikers and then Derek Adams has responded to that by putting Sonny Bradley on as an extra centre back to go with three central defenders against the two strikers now you can look at it two ways yes. you can definitely say well by making a taking off um Alex Fletcher and putting on Sonny Bradley or um, you're going too defensive yeah. the, the way they coped without Fletcher was that they moved Jake Jervis into a centre forward right. position and I know some people like to see him play there and some people don't but yeah. it didn't I don't think unduly affect our goal in, in the forward sense because you just swapped Fletcher for Jervis effectively yes. and yeah. went to three at the back um, the question is you know, does having three at the back invite more pressure on you and possibly it does um, but I think the thing you have to bear in mind is that Argyle have been in the lead so few times this season. They're 1-0 up with 20 minutes to go. Um, I think most people within football in that situation would hold on to what they've got. Yes. Particularly in the, the situation that the team are in. Yeah, fragile confidence. Fragile confidence. Rarely been a It would be nice to see them take, go get 1-0 up and then stay on the front foot take the game to Shrewsbury, don't let them get back into the game. Yeah. But I think in the reality of football and the mindset, and we as fans might look at it slightly differently, but trying to look at it from a football manager's point of view, yeah. you're 1-0 up, 20 minutes to go, the opposition have just made two attacking substitutions, they've gone two up front, you've got Sonny Bradley who was player of the year last yes. season, you can stick him in, put three at the centre-back, and yes, you're going to have to soak up pressure, but we've seen Argyle do that Admittedly, not this season, but we've seen them do it in previous seasons where they do that. Based on your reading of the game, did, do you feel that Edwards and Songo would have been able to deal with the two centre forwards without the, the addition of Bright? Because you would think yeah. three on two, Ferris gives Argyle the best advantage, but two on two, I mean, that, but two centre defenders should, yes. in theory, be able to deal with two and strikers. There's, there's lots of days in, in recent history of football where the teams play 4 4 2, both teams have played 4 4 2, and you've had two strikers, two centre backs. Sent back takes one each, yeah. and they cope. There's no battle, reason. Yeah. There's no reason why you can't do that. And is that, um, is that based on the way you saw the game? Is that what you would have done? Do you think you would have gone with two on two? But did it feel like Edwards was with a hands full though? The, the substitution. Uh, Adams responded to the substitution by Shrewsbury quite quick afterwards. So mm-hmm. you hadn't really. They'd only been on the pitch for a few minutes. Okay. So it's difficult to say. Were the two Shrewsbury strikers making that much of a difference that it was worth too changing it? It was too early to say. Derek Adams has responded the way he did. Um, I mean, come back yeah, to days. Yeah. Word panic. Yeah, yeah. And is it panic? 
is it being professional? Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's again, it, it depends on your interpretation. You know, I, if it's me, I, Jan Songo had another strong game. Mm. You've seen you've seen him recently, Baron. Yes. Again, we asked Derek Adams why Sonny Brady didn't go straight into the team after his completing suspension, and he said because Jan Songo has been yeah. in excellent form. Um, I don't think Ryan Edwards has been quite as good as he was earlier in the season, but no. you know they've coped well with with Stefan Payne, yes. the two of them. No, but, but we haven't got. Uh, there wasn't enough evidence to say they could have coped with the two two strikers. So, you know, it, it, it was bound to be a talking point. Mm. It is a talking point, and I, I don't think there's necessarily a right or a wrong. Um, you can look at it as, as panic. You know, we've put three at the back, we've drawn everyone back, and we've tried to to hold on to what we've got. Or, or you can say, well, you know, it was a sensible, sound move, and they condensed the pitch. Yes, Shrewsbury had the ball, but Argyle didn't give them a lot of the space. The goal was a well-worked goal that they got, where you know they found time on the ball and they found a play and a little bit of space where there wasn't very much, and no one's closed down the, the ball for the shot. It, so. it does feel very much like we said in the past few weeks, Chris, is that if they'd had this result off the back of uh, a more mixed start to the season, so let's say Argyle were mid-table. Yes going against the league leaders 1-1 yes. at home yeah. regardless of what Adams did or didn't mm. do it would have generally been seen as a quite positive result but yeah. because of how bad they've been coming into this as you said everybody wants to jump on anything that's remotely negative or they want to blame something don't they they, yeah. want, to, they want to load off on one decision and in this case it's the substitution and that's the way it goes I mean Dave Burns has got a question you know why did Adams make that ridiculous change with 20 minutes to go um and that's an interpretation of it, it is, uh, and I'm not saying Dave's wrong or, or right, you know. No. Um, but that is the, the the perception of substitutions. Now, would Dave have made that comment, as you rightly say, if Argyle were mid-table and they they, yeah. they they've been doing okay and they got a decent draw against the top of the table team? Um, but you know, as a manager, you stand or fall by your decisions, and. You know what Derek Adams has said in the last few weeks, and, and he's right in this is that you know he's going to stick to what he thinks is right. And the time where a manager starts worrying about, well, if I make a change, how are the fans going to react to can't that? that. Can't you, do it. you can't do that. No. Well, so he's he's standing or falling by his decisions, and that is a good thing. You know, he's the manager, he makes the decisions. We can agree or disagree or whatever we want, but he's got to stick to what he thinks is right. Absolutely. And he, you know, explained. The substitution that people mm. might not accept that, but his reasoning was it should be just gone to the two strikers, and he felt that to put an extra centre back on and to try just to shore up things was the way to go. Yeah, and we've, we've, we've had, like I say, many more comments and questions. Yeah. And Ollie yeah. is, is somebody else who sent actually three three questions, and we've yeah. got two of them. So yeah. he said, Do you think the change to a flat three in field mm. with Graham Carey on the wing helped his own individual performance? Mm. And do you agree Nathan Blissett and Jake Jervis looked affected together? Towards the end of the Shrewsbury game, so mm. the system, Chris, yeah. and yeah. how did you think Kerry did as a result? And towards the end, Blissett and Jervis, they're the three players he's asking about. Well, well, thanks for the questions, Ollie. Um, Kerry was definitely better on, was on Saturday, yes. Um, but even before his goal, I, yeah. I felt he, he he was more involved in the game. He was getting some crosses in. His set pieces were better. They weren't as 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 good as he would hope, and we've seen from him before. But yeah. you know, he he looked a bit sharper and. You know, we we can only hope that the a fantastic goal that he scored will will give him the boost and that he can use that as a kickstart for the season. Um, yeah, he. he I, I'm still never entirely sure exactly where Graham Carey's position no, is. It's he difficult, can, isn't it? He, he plays in so many different positions, and on his day, in any position, whether he's out on the on the right, on the left, in behind, when he's on his day, I think in any of those positions, he can be a match winner. Absolutely. Um, 
So do I think the change to a flat three in form midfield helped him? He, he was better on Saturday, so right. you would suggest that, that yes, maybe maybe it did. Yes. Um, do you agree that Nathan Blissett and Jake Jervis looked effective together? I'm never. Jake Jervis looks as though he should be as good <laughs> as a centre forward. Yeah. He's got the height. He's got the yeah. pace. Yeah. I, I, having seen a lot of Jake over the seasons, I think he's been a really good servant for Argyle in that wide right yeah. role. And I'm just not convinced no, with him down the middle. I mean, you've seen him yeah. there, and I mean, not, not for me. He looks like he should be. He's got every attribute you think he needs, but for whatever reason, it doesn't seem to happen. No. I mean, I, and I think Blissett and Jervis seem to be much for muchness. If you're, if you're yeah, so there, you I don't think they looked at. You know, Nathan Blissett was only on for a few minutes, and you know, you could argue he was a bit unfortunate to lose his place in the team. Yeah, you strange know, one. That, wasn't the manager it? went with Fletcher rather than Blissett. Um, Blissett came on and did sort of un- unnerve the, the Shrewsbury yeah. defence a little bit. Jake Jervis had a great chance near the end. I think it was about the 87th minute where. He, he uh, hit the ball over the bar from a really good position. Should have been scoring, scoring from it. In, in all honesty, um, so no, I, I don't see Blissett and Jervis as a sort of no. as a two up front. In, in all honesty, um, you know, Blissett up down the middle, Jervis on the right, somebody else on the left, maybe, yes. um, but but not not together. I don't no. think. No. Well, we mentioned uh, Blissett losing his place there, mm. and Alex Fletcher, who got it, who earns his spot. And, and from what I've read of Chris's comments after the match, it seems like Fletcher. Although he didn't get much reward for his efforts, he was working very, very hard, and the Green Army appreciate that. So yeah. David Manson has picked up on Fletcher's influence, and he said on Saturday it was said we played four-three-three. Yet while on the pitch, Fletcher was isolated up front with very little support on the left or the right. How can Mr. Adams justify this approach? And most importantly, how does it aid his development other than getting used to failure? Good points by David. Thank well, you for that. He sounded quite isolated, didn't he? Yeah, he, he was isolated. More of a four-five-one than a four-three-three. I think the plan was for it to be four-three-three. Was it? And when they were going forward, uh, they had a good spell just before half time, and uh, even at the start of the second half, they they even side of half time, I thought Argyle took the game a bit more yeah. to Shrewsbury, um, and then that was when it was looking like a four-three-three. Okay. But um, the way the game unfolded, you know. Carey and Grant, who were the wide players, did drop back, and it back. did become a bit too much of a four-five-one for for everyone's liking, I'm sure. Um, and Alex Fletcher was isolated up front on his own, and you know, up against two big centre backs, you know, an 18-year-old lad. It was it was difficult for him. Yeah, absolutely. But I admire the fact that he kept going. It would have been easy for a young lad to think, you know, what chance have I got here? You know, I'm, yeah. I'm outnumbered two to one, yeah. and physically. Yeah. And, and a lot of the ball that was coming up to him wasn't the best quality that he'd have been looking in, looking for. Because I think Alex Fletcher is always going to be one of those strikers that looks to run in behind defenders and, and chase after things. Um, but I just admired the fact that he he worked, he chased lost causes, he won balls that you wouldn't have expected did to him that ended up leading Argyle winning free kicks, even throw-ins. Mm. It's it's bitty things. It's nothing major. He, he, I don't think he had a, a chance in the game, really, mm. a scoring chance. But I thought. The, the, and the, fan, the fans love young players that go in and Absolutely do their more. Right, yeah. um, they really do. And, and I thought Alex Fletcher's commitment to the cause was excellent. The fans picked up on that. They got behind him and therefore the team as well. And when he was substituted, he got a really good ovation so um, and well-deserved. Um, so David says, you know, how can uh, the manager justify this approach? I think you know the plan was you know it was it was meant to be a four three three. It didn't work out that way. Um, although I would argue um, in that sort of fifteen minutes before half time, Argyle did have a good spell. And yeah. They were getting people forward, and it looked more like a four three three, and there's a bit more support. But yes, overall, 
you know, you wouldn't want Alex Fletcher to be as isolated as he was at times. Right. How does it aid his development other than getting used to failure? You know, playing first team football is never a bad thing. No, um, it's a bit much to say, get used to failure, isn't yeah. it? It's, a bit much. it's all part of the, the growing as a footballer, and you experience different kinds of matches. It is, I mean, you know, you don't want to play in a team that loses all the time, but most players go through spells in yeah. their career. Gary Sawyer said that on Saturday. Absolutely, Gary Sawyer said, you know, there's very few players that go through the career without having losing runs and, and, and bad times. And, uh, you know, again, you can spin it around, as with most things in football, you can look at things in two different ways. You know, Alex is getting a really good um, induction into the harsh reality of, of, of how football can be. Absolutely. It's not all uh, sunshine and roses and, and everything like that. And, um, yeah, I, I thought he did well. Now, you know, if he had if he had twenty or thirty games like, like that this season, it's not going to aid his development as a striker and as a finisher and things like that. But um, it was his second league start of his career. Um, he's 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 done better than I think people would have expected oh, this season. Massively, yeah. um, so I think I, I would look on the positive side that you know there's an eighteen year old lad who's come up for the new system. And gave a very good of account of himself against the league leaders. We were at the reserves on Tuesday, weren't we, mm. Chris? And we were both struck by by Fletcher. And he didn't score, but his, no. his contribution in mm. everything but scoring was, was superb. And it's nice to know that Adams was there, mm. noticed how well the England mm. played, and then put him put him straight in on Saturday mm. in this pursuit of goals, I suppose. Yeah. And I think, like I say, it's just so nice to see him getting this pitch time that none of us expected him to get. I mean, no. Adams has said you know, four or five weeks ago he's looking to loan him out, but. He could be here for the duration now this season unless something drastic changes in January. I mean, let's be honest, if, if it had been going better for Argyle, he wouldn't be playing. No, he wouldn't. If, if Ryan Taylor hadn't been injured first game of the season and all of it... If Chiffy hit the ground running. Hit the ground running, then he wouldn't be playing. But he's got his chance. You know, we were, like, like you say, at the reserve game last week. And what I liked about that was that he'd scored his first league goal of his career against Fleetwood on the Saturday. Yeah. Right? He could, that big moment in anyone's career. Mm. He's then, three days later, playing a coach road in front of a couple of hundred people against Milton Keynes, effectively their under 18. Yes, yeah. Could have been easy to sort of get a bit big time and oh, I'm just I'm coming off my first league goal. This and You saw the game. How hard did he work? It was fantastic. Day? His wonderful work rate and his, mm. his pace and his, his intelligence on mm. the ball. Like I say, he was not resting his laurels at all. And so was this, wasn't he, it? Yeah, yeah. I think Paul Watton said to you, you know, he doesn't know Alex's family, but from what he understands, he's got good grounding at home. He's got, he's got, a, got a family that keeps him grounded and it seems to be all set up for him just as long as he keeps working hard I think mm. Adams is the sort of manager that, that will, will mm. reward that yeah. um, so Ollie uh, with the third question mm. um, again reflecting on Blissett and by the sounds that he didn't really play a great deal on Saturday no. um, so he's saying with a more recognised target man up front like Blissett do you think we can kick on from Saturday after the slight tactical change in the field now Blissett's, I mean, Blissett's played several games in a row before Saturday yeah. and I don't think just because he's missed one game on Saturday suddenly means that bringing him back in is going to is going to be the answer to all our, our questions, is it? No, it'd be interesting to see what they do. You know, um, away to Blackburn. You know, you can only see Blackburn having most of the ball, can't yes, you? Yes, absolutely. Um, and you know, as having said what we said about Alex Fletcher, you know, is that a big ask for him to play him, for, to play a second game in a similar sort of situation to that? Um, so it could be a, a Nathan Bissett could go up front a little bit like he did against Wigan, Wigan. In, in a yeah. similar scenario where you go into a, a bigger yeah. a, a bigger team, a team that's expected to do well. Although Blackburn haven't you know had a massively brilliant start to the season, so I wouldn't be surprised if Bissett came into the team. Um, you know, he's, he's had good games, bad games. Um, 
but it looks to me like you know at Blackburn you're either going to have Alex Fletcher in the role he was on Saturday or Nathan Bissett and I, I would suspect it's more likely to be Nathan Bissett I think so, we'll yeah. um, so uh, the questions took a turn David yeah. Burns was clearly a little bit upset on, on Twitter on yeah. over the weekend so he sent us uh, mm-hmm. three questions um, is Adams one of the worst tactical managers we have ever had cost us three points again playing negative football uh, in the same vein why <laughs> Should we just do these because they made three good points? Yeah, okay. Three points. Well, negative football is certainly it's one of the headline phrases yes. in the past week, Chris. Okay. You've, you've seen a lot of far more managers yeah. than I have here. Yeah. Is um, he one of the worst? Uh, is he one of the worst tactical managers we've ever had? No, I, 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 I don't agree with that, David, at all, to be honest. I think, you know, you look at the last two seasons in particular, there's been lots of examples where he's uh, made uh, tactical changes during games. Um, so no, I, you can't I, have that success without being put in tactics. No, no, I, 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 I don't accept that. It costs us three points again playing negative football. Um, you know, again, you, you can argue that. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with Dave totally on that. Again, you can spin it the other way and say that the way they played the game, they got themselves into a one 0 lead against the league leaders, and yes, they couldn't hold on to it. But perhaps a point was more than a lot of people might be expected from that game. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, we're coming back to this theme again of you, you can look at things in, in different ways yeah. um, I'm not saying Dave's wrong I'm just sort yeah. of highlighting that there is the other other side of it so, so that was one of those points yes and next one why, again why do we continue mm. to play negative football at home park while every team of players has possession and play on the floor now what mm. I've noted and what a lot of managers say opposition mm. managers Chris is yes. they, they all seem to say mm. at home or away I'm rather quite happy to let other sides have yes. the ball and play on the counter yes other managers don't seem to criticise that. I mean, they yeah. see it as a as a, as a, um, a relevant way of playing the game, mm. and that they have to they have to approach that relevantly. Yeah, and in in a broader football conversations, you can look in the Champions League, you can look in the Premier League, and yeah. what have you. There, there is a lot of talk in the game that teams are quite happy to let yeah. the opposition have the ball. Absolutely, and they they, they don't want to have sixty percent of the possession. Right. They're quite happy to keep shape, keep discipline, play on the break. You know. Uh, you know, Manchester United might be an example of that in, in, in lots of ways. You know, well, um, Saturday, the in the Liverpool, Liverpool Man, Man United game, did were Liverpool, were Man United who were a, a very expensively assembled team? Were they looking to have the possession? Were well, they, I think I think the Sunday headlines describe Mourinho as the enemy of football. Yeah. So I mean, if, so, if Jose Mourinho is doing it, yeah, it can't be that. Bad. So um, why do we play negative football at home park? Alex Fletcher was isolated, so you can you can look at that as uh, as negative football. Again, Dave, the other point I'd make to you is that if if you if I think we're all honest, Argyle had the better chances in that game. Shrewsbury had a lot of the ball, but Kyle Lever made one good save. Um, there's a couple of scrambles near the end. Yep, don't disagree with that. But there were some good chances for Argyle. Song go ahead, Sarsavik had a uh, hook the ball over. Carey had a couple of shots. Um, Jervis at the end. Argyle had the better chances against yeah. the league leaders. Now. Is that negative that they've had more chances than the league leaders? You know, I mean, you can you can you can argue it both ways. Um, and the other thing, maybe you point is that the confidence is an issue for the players, and you're probably not going to get a team playing slick passing football on no. the deck when you're on a run of eight defeats out of nine or something like that. Um, you know, in an ideal world, of course, we'd like to see mm. them play attacking positive football, but the situation at the moment uh, in the third division of English football, I'm not sure you're going to see that. But you know, Shrewsbury plays some lovely football, look yeah. confident on the ball. But if I'd been their manager, I'd have been disappointed at how few openings yeah. they really created. Yeah. But, 
Dave's final point, so it's one we've, we've addressed like occasionally on the podcast, will Adams consider adding another coach to the current setup? Someone with a different view of our setup and side up? I would think that, that Brewster and Watson may have different views for Adams. Yes. We, we obviously don't, we're not party to their private conversations. No, I mean, uh, I, I've not asked him uh, that question, uh, Dave. I, I'd be surprised, you know, there's, there's Derek Adams and two coaches, and obviously we, we score lots of goalkeeping yeah. coach as well. So, you know, I think any more coaches would maybe a little bit over the top. It's a budget um, issue as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Derek Adams obviously knows Craig Brewster from, from Scotland. Mm. And uh, you would imagine, suspect that the two of them, the reason that they're working together is they've got sort of similar thoughts on football. Um, Paul Watson, um, Derek Adams wouldn't have known before he came no. down here. Um, you know, anyone who knows Paul Watson knows that he has strong opinions on things. And um, yes, he's only the first team coach and he doesn't have a final say in, in what happens. But I'd be surprised if Paul Watson didn't say how he felt about things. I'd, I'd be very surprised. And, and I'd be surprised if Derek Adams didn't expect him to, yeah. to do so as well. So. Um, um, again, when things are going badly, we all look for reasons of why things are going badly. Yeah. You know, we, you can look at the coaching setup and and say this, that, and the other. But um, no, I I, I, I think the, the coaching setup. I'd be surprised if the coaching setup changed. Me too. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, but it more like to see, see new players rather than new coaches, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Toby mm. uh, sent one, and I'm not too sure how serious it is, but you know, we'll, we'll address yes. it nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, has the credentials to keep a team up? Should Argyle reinstate John Sheridan? Now, Chris, probably know your opinion on John Sheridan, but generally, I think people would probably rather stick with Adams, would they? Yeah, I, I, I presume that's Toby saying that has Derek Adams the credentials to keep a team up. I, I read it yeah. as he's saying that Sheridan has the credentials to keep ah, a team up. Ah, right, I see, I can see. Which is um, why they would go for him. Well, John Sheridan did a very good job keeping Argyle up that season that he yeah. took over because they were in a mess. Yeah. And so. He did a very good job, yeah. Um, and he got them to a point where they were a mid-table League Two team and and got into the playoffs. Um, I'm not sure he, he was going to take them any further, and so when he parted ways with the club, I think that was best for Argyle, yeah. probably um, best for him as well. Yes. Um, you know, if you changed a manager at any point in the in the sort of mid to near future, um, would John Sheridan be a candidate? I, so. Hard to see it, isn't it? I don't think so. I, I don't think he was ever. He uh, not. He did a great job in keeping them up yes. that season. There's yeah. a lot of managers would not have done that. Yeah. But I don't think he ever was ever a fit, a right fit to be no. a Argyle manager. So, so no. I think if if you do get to the stage where you change a manager, and I, 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 I just can't see that at the moment. No. I can't see a change of the manager. You know, in the in the near future, I really well, can't. Should, should, we, should we address that topic, yeah. Chris? Because it, yeah. now obviously it was a draw on Saturday. Yeah. And it's better than any of us expected, but it yeah. is now eleven without a win. So, yeah. as we, you know, we 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 touched mm. on it at length last week, yeah. we, it's, it's one more match. Um, Blackburn tomorrow night, another big test, and obviously the one on the horizon is Wimbledon, isn't it? Yes. So I think. Now I've mentioned with Gary Palmer has got a good point for us to finish yes, on. So yeah. uh, Gary Palmer says, while I was encouraged by what I saw on Saturday, Argyle ended the day six points, seven if you count goal difference, a drift of safety. We have reached a crucial part of the season already, with many of the teams around us starting to win the odd games. And interesting results mm. on Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah. I am getting worried about our lack of goals, and it is going to cost us. We play Wimbledon and Rochdale the next two weeks, and we have to start winning games, or we could be over ten points adrift by then. Can we do it, Gary? I wish I could give you the answer yeah, to that. Um, right. I was in, I, I was encouraged by what I saw on Saturday, Gary. Yes, um, they are six points adrift from safety, seven on, on goal difference. 
yeah, not a good position no, to be. Good, but, I mean, we're not we're not going to sugarcoat that at all. I suppose the thing I'd say to you is that there's still what 33 games to go, yeah. 99 points. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be panicking just yet. You know, no. six points to drift with 99 to play for. Uh, I know I'm perhaps looking on the on the, the positive side there, but there's a lot of games still to go. Absolutely. We've reached a crucial part of the season already. I think any time when you're not winning games is is a, is a crucial part of the season mm-hmm. and trying to snap that run out of. Teams around are starting to win your game, yes. You know, Oldham um, picked up that win against uh, Blackburn. Chillingham win as well? Um, yeah. Was uh, it away at Northampton? Yeah, Northampton. Northampton are now really in trouble, aren't they? I mean, uh, the lack of goals is a, is a problem. It continues to be a problem. I, I, I would say that they had good enough chances on Saturday to have scored two or three goals, no problem. Uh, in the end, they didn't. They probably took the hardest chance of the game, i.e. Yeah. Carey's goal was a lot harder than some of the other opportunities they didn't have. Baron, you did a, a piece uh, online about sort of three keen games, and you picked out that Wimbledon game. You know, even before the Shrewsbury game, it just feel enormous, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. I think what I'm quite impressed with what you said, Chris, is, is in the past week Derek has said quite a lot after games, and sometimes the sort of our confusion that he's felt Argyle have been the better team if they've, they've had ch- more chances and should have put them away. And I, I disagree with him on a few mm. occasions. But if, if you're now saying that in this in this case on Saturday Argyle did have the better chances, then that at least shows a degree of improvement yeah. in some way. So. Like I said, tomorrow night, who knows? I mean, Blackburn aren't in fantastic form, are they? Mm. they? They've certainly got the players on paper to do damage. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, but Saturday against Wimbledon is um, it's <laughs> going to be a big significant, one. isn't it's it? It's going to be a big one. Um, and then you know, if and see, again, you can you can be you know glass half empty. You know, if they lose to Blackburn and Wimbledon, you know they're going to be in a in an even worse position. It's, it's not going to look good. But um, I, I don't get the the vibes that. That there's a, a change of manager on the horizon. No, it, no, I, I can't say I, I feel that at the moment, but clearly, you know, we live in modern football world. You know, you know, a lot of managers would have would have been replaced by now. They would have been. Yeah. Um, but a lot of managers don't have one the the, the track record of success that Derek Adams, Adams has had in the first two seasons at the club. And I, I go back to the fact that Derek Adams just isn't the manager of the first team. He is very involved yes. in, in everything that goes on the whole football club. club. He's he's embraced the football club in a way that, for example, and I'm not picking on John Sheridan, but he, he never really embraced the football club. No. He wasn't too bothered about the youth setup or the community side of things. Yeah. Or but Derek Adams has a lot of input and say into to things. And you, if you change the manager at whatever point through Argyle's choice, they are taking someone away who's more than just the first team manager. And I think that might have an influence in the decisions of are they going to make a change or not if this bad run carries on when it's not as simple as we'll take this manager out and we'll put a new manager Mm. in because if you take Derek Adams out you're going to take. You are going to take more than just a football first. Just like it would be quite a seismic change. It, it would be a, the, the it, ripple effect would go, it, would go far and wide. And that's the point I'm trying to make, and you've summed it up very nicely. And um, so I, I don't see a change, but you know if you know. They could really do with a few points on the board. Really, Gary's, really Gary's right, you know. If if, if it doesn't go well against, um, you know, Blackburn and Wimbledon, um, then you know they're going to be points adrift. The the only positive way of looking at Gary is, and you know, it's not particularly positive, but there's 33 games to go. There is time to turn things around. I, I you know share your concern about the lack of goals, but we're not going to be able to sign people before January no. now. So. Um, I'm not sure even when Ryan Taylor comes back, and hopefully that won't be too far yeah. away. But you know, I think it would be unfair, unrealistic to expect Ryan and Taylor to come in and 
saying, well, he'll score four or five goals off the back mm-hmm. in no time at all. I don't think that's going to happen. They're going to need Kerry to sort of get on a bit of a run. They're going to need, you know, Jan Songo to put that free header in that he had against Shrewsbury. They're going to need Anthony Sarsavik to put that chance in that he had in the first half when he was six yards out and he swiveled mm-hmm. and he hooked it over the bar. They're certainly going to need Jake Jervis to put that shot away. You know, everything would have been so different if Jake Jervis, and I'm not singling him out, no, you know, no, but no. just using it as an it's example. A flashpoint, isn't it? A flashpoint, 87th minute, whatever it was, that was a good chance. Anyone at the game, I'm sure would agree with me that Jake Jervis should have scored that. Yeah. And he would have wanted to score that. And if Argo had won that game 2-1, the conversation is different. So they, they need a break. Hopefully they can get it at Blackburn. Um, if not, a good result at Wimbledon would, would be a, a real fillet. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, but you know they've got to keep plugging away. And they have, yeah. There was a bit of fight on Saturday. You know, they, I don't think anyone could, you know you can question the tactics and were they positive, negative, or whatever like that. But they gave it a good shot against a, a very informed team, and um, you know I didn't quite see it out. We've not talked about him yet, but Diago Arga seems to be the yes. one who came through. Okay, he was, like I say, he cruised through the reserves game, yes. but it sounds like he put in another a solid full league debut on Saturday. Yeah, he, so was, he, was, for optimism. he was running out of steam a bit towards the end. Yeah, you could see the legs were not getting yeah. him around the pitch as, uh, as quick as he'd like, but he's got a physical presence. He, he, he's got, we, we talked about it at the reserve game, rangy is a good yes, word to describe him. Yeah. He's got quite long legs, you know, and he can reach out break things up awkward to play against um, you know some, some decent passing ability I, I think for his first competitive game since April I yes. think it was a pretty a pretty good effort and you would hope that with more games he plays the better he'll get and I, I on one game I don't really like to make judgments on no. one game but on his pedigree and on the one game you can see him being a regular in the team yeah, for the rest absolutely. of the season right well we'll see we'll see if he plays against Blackburn yeah. but depending on when you're listening to the podcast that's yes. on Tuesday night yeah and then Saturday, I think we're all agreed it is a pretty pretty significant game. We're all, we're all uh, I think, getting the point or three there on Saturday yes. uh, for, for optimism moving forward. But um, thanks for joining me, Chris. Good Where's job, Baron. You've stood in for Stu extremely well. Stu might be today. on the bench next week. And I think you might want to you want to say a few words. Just, just one one final thing. Um, and some of the uh, Herald readers that have followed Argyle and have followed um, sport through the Herald will um, will know Bill Richards, the chief sports writer, for many years. And sadly, Bill passed away on Sunday. Um, very sadly he was um, a great work colleague um, a great journalist and everybody he met in the Plymouth sporting community at Home Park uh, he would be up at Home Park quite often um, he knew a lot of the players and managers but not just Argyle but the sporting community as well there would be very few people in the Plymouth sporting community that didn't have any dealings with Bill he was a really top guy and uh, you know, when you get a chance raise a glass to, to Bill Richards uh, a really top journalist well said Chris okay. thank you for joining me We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening. Ook bewust bezig zijn met je mobiel? Dat kan al voor 20,50 per maand met de Huawei P20 Lite. Nu met 300 minuten of sms'jes en 1000 MB 4G internet. Kijk op ben.nl Let op. Geld lenen kost geld.